0: In today's edition of Awaken to Grace, we're in part two of a great study called The God Of, and today we're studying the name of God or the title of God called El Shaddai. We are going to see from Genesis 17 as well as Romans 4 why you can have faith in all that God promises because He is indeed God Almighty. I hope you enjoy today's sermon. Genesis chapter 17, verse number one, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared before him and said, I am God almighty. He would have said to Abraham, I am El Shaddai, God almighty. Walk before me blamelessly that I may create the covenant between me and you. And then I may bless your seed. So what's the point? God appeared before Abraham and Abraham was the friend of God and he's very close to God. And God gave him an enormous promise. But with that promise, God revealed his name. With that promise, God showed Abraham who he was and he said, I'm El Shaddai. And what the name El Shaddai means is God Almighty. It is imperative that you and I understand today that when you and I pray to God, we are not praying to a mere mortal man. We are not praying to someone who's limited as though you and I are limited. We are praying to El Shaddai. We are praying to God Almighty. We're not speaking to someone who has limited power. Think about this. Think about this just for a moment, okay? What if God Truly desired to help you, but yet he didn't have the ability. What if God were kind, yet God was weak? What if God was beautiful, but yet he had no power? He was limited. My friend, that is not the God of the Bible, And Satan would try to tell us that God does not have either the power to help us or that God does not have the interest to help us and neither are true. When you and I go before God in prayer, you and I must remember who we are praying to and it is El Shaddai, it is God Almighty. And when you and I understand who we are praying to, then we understand that his promises are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. You and I understand that he has all power to change our circumstance. So let's talk about that today. Go to Romans chapter four. I'm so excited to walk through this text with you. It's some of my most favorite verses of the Bible. It is teaching me so much in the season of life that I am in now, and I pray that God has a great deal to share with you. Let's begin in verse number 17. Romans chapter four, verse 17. As it is written... I have made you the father of many nations. Now, that's the promise that God made to Abraham. Now, let's understand a little bit of the backstory story for a moment. Now, when God promised Abraham a son, Abraham was 75 years old. Abraham did not feel that he nor his wife Sarah could produce a child. Sarah was barren within her womb. So at age 75, God gives Abraham a promise and there's so much tied to the, to, to the context of this. Abraham goes before the Lord and says, my servant is gonna inherit all of my wealth because I don't have an heir. And God says, you're going to have an heir. I'm going to give you a son. So some of you know this story. So God promises Abraham a son at 75. Sarah, his wife, hears of it, and she laughs out loud and goes, how am I going to bear a child in my old age? This is absurd. It's silly. It literally made her laugh out loud. As a matter of fact, when they did name their son Isaac, his name literally means laughter, joy. <laughs> and so many of you know this story. Sarah, time goes, and they don't conceive And Sarah gets an idea in her head. She's going to give Abraham, her husband, her servant, Hagar, for him to take as a wife. How many of you know when we stir the pot and we get in God's way, we make a mess? Right? God doesn't need your help. God doesn't need my help. And when you and I, and how many of you are like me? I'm a fixer. Anybody else like that? You give me a problem, I like to try to find the solution. That's just who I am. Let's fix it. Well, God doesn't need our help. And so Abraham and Hagar conceive and they bear a son named Ishmael, but Ishmael wasn't the promise. Isaac was the promise. And so God waits, not 12 months, which would be a long wait, not 24 months, which would be a long wait, not even five years, not even 10 years. A decade is a long time to wait on the Lord. God waited 25 years. 25 years Abraham waited on the Lord. Paul, in Romans chapter four, is gonna show us how he waited, why he waited, and how you and I can do the same as our faith grows. I can't wait to share it with you. So now, according to our text, Genesis chapter 17, God appears before Abraham and says, Abraham, I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to give you a nation. I'm going to give you a son. You're going to be the father of many nations. Now you fast forward to Paul's day. Paul says in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you. The father of many nations, it's, already, it's done. Paul is fruit of this. Paul is part of this. But now Paul's gonna lay it out for us. and He's gonna help us understand how to grow in faith. Notice what he says next. I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed. Now that's powerful in the presence of the God in whom he believed. I want us to understand this for a moment. Notice, I just can't separate this in my own life. What I cannot do is take hold of the promises that God gives me. What I cannot do is take hold of those promises and then go off somewhere over here in left field or go off track and then go on and do whatever I want to do and not live in the presence of God. If I am to believe that God is El Shaddai, if I am to believe that God is who he says he is, how in the world can I get off track, forsake the Lord, go down my own paths, go down the paths that I see as comfortable, go down the paths that I wanna go without consulting him and just go on and live life? You know what, friends? You're never gonna have the promise of God apart from living in the presence of God. And Paul is very clear, in the presence of Genesis chapter 17 God appeared before Abraham and said I am El Shaddai without living in the presence of God seeking the face of God you and I will never take hold of the very promise of God you cannot separate the two and some of you really need to get this because you have this little compartment that's called Sunday morning and for 90 minutes on Sunday morning you 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 think about God and God's in this little box But then you go on and then you live your life however you choose to live your life. God can't bless you that way. Some of you are going to go down a journey that I believe God's going to so change your life because right now you don't really believe the God of the Bible. You believe in God, but what that is, is it's something that you have literally made up in your mind. It's something that maybe you grew up seeing this weird twisted view of God or this even just an incorrect view of God. And so somewhere in your mind you go, well, I believe this about the Bible, but I don't believe that. Well, my friends, then you don't believe the Bible. Do you understand what I'm saying? Notice what he's going to say next. Because this is imperative to growing in faith. You ha- this is pivotal. You have to understand this. If your faith is truly going to grow, if you're going to pray to the God, El Shaddai, the God who's almighty, the God who's more than enough, you and I have to get this. So notice what he's going to say next. This is so powerful. Who calls, who brings life to dead, gives life to the dead. Who, who brings into existence the things that do not exist. Now you're talking about exciting me today. That scripture, that scripture does something for me. If he indeed is God. Now notice what Paul is saying. How did he take hold of the promise? In the presence of the God in whom he believed. He knew he was El Shaddai. He knew he was almighty. He knew he was sufficient. He knew that God was able. In the presence of the God in whom he believed. What God? What's he able to do? Who gives life to dead things? who brings into existence those things that do not exist. Do you realize how exciting that is about God today? But there are some who would call themselves Christians. There are some who would even consider themselves a part of the church. But the problem is you don't believe in this God. You believe in a God that you've made up in your mind, and it's not the God of the Bible. If you don't believe that God truly spoke the world into existence, as we saw in Genesis 1, then you don't believe the God of the Bible. And if you don't believe the God of the Bible, how can you expect God to do anything in your life to help you? Do you understand what I'm saying? How can you expect God to speak into existence things in your life that don't even exist if you don't believe the God of the Bible and what his word says? This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we have to ask ourselves, do we truly believe the God of the Bible? Well, I tell you, I'll tell you where I am. I'm getting to a place, uh, God is shattering my unbelief. He is taking hold of the word of God and he is shattering my unbelief. I'm telling you right now, I believe that God, I believe that God speaks life into dead things. And you say, well Chad, what do you mean dead? I mean dead things. I don't care what, your marriage is dead, God will speak life into it. Dead things. My doctor says this eye is dead, let me tell you, God can speak life into it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying dead, listen, some of you are dead in your sins. There's no life of God in you and God can speak life into you and make you born again like that. Dead things, dead things he brings to life. You say, Chad, can he do it physically? Oh yeah. You, you, read your Bible. Did you know that Jesus never went to a funeral that he didn't ruin? <laughs> Did you know that? He never attended a funeral that he didn't ruin. Why? Because death can't hang around the son of God. He has power over it. Do you understand what I'm saying? And if God can speak life into dead things, you don't think he can't speak into your life? You don't think he can resurrect what's dead within you? Absolutely he can. Why? Because he's El Shaddai. He is God almighty. He's not a man. He's not a mortal. He's not limited as though you and I are limited. He's El Shaddai. He gives life to the dead. So your marriage is dead today. He'll speak life to it. There's a part of your body dead today. He'll speak life to it. Your spiritual life dead today. He'll speak life to it. He is the God who gives life to the dead, and then he, he speaks. <laughs> he calls into existence those things that do not exist. Let me tell you, the people that I can tell have faith. They'll come to me. I've had many come to me and say, Chad, I'm praying about your vision. All right. They'll say, I'm calling what is not as though it were. Oh, I know what you're saying. Amen. Amen. God will help us. He'll speak into our life. And then notice what he says next. He calls into existence those things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope. Oh, my. In hope, he believed against hope that he would be called the father of many nations. As it was said to him, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith. Now note that. He did not weaken in faith. You know how many people are sitting at home today rather than in the house of God, around the people of God, because their faith has weakened. Somewhere along the line, there's been some kind of hurt. There's been some kind of an offense. There's been some kind of trial. Some way God didn't answer a prayer or they they felt God let them down or something happened. And somewhere along the line, their faith weakened. Listen, I don't want my faith to weaken today. I want to be like Abraham. I want to grow stronger in my faith. And let me tell you, in the Christian life, there's no neutral area. Do you realize that? See, some of you think you're on autopilot right now. There is no autopilot to your faith. You're either getting weaker or you're growing stronger, as we're going to see in just a moment in the text. Either your faith is weakening or your faith is strengthening. There's no in between. And if you think that you're just on cruise control, my friend, you're weakening in your faith. And you need to rouse yourself. You need to awaken yourself. You need to stir yourself and let God work in your life. You're either going backward or you're going forward. You're either weakening or you're strengthening one or the other. And so notice what he says. He did not weaken in his faith when he considered his own body. And how it was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Now, Paul is going to teach us so much. He did not consider his own body. He's 99 years old, nearly 100 years old. How is he going to produce a child? How is he going to have a son? He's nearly 100 years old, but yet he didn't consider his own body. Let me tell you, I'm learning how to do this. <laughs> I'm, learning, I'm learning how to say, listen, I'm going to live to the glory of God. I'm not going to worry what my eyes can do, and I'm certainly not going to worry about what they can't do. I'm going to disregard my vision. I'm going to disregard what I can see. I'm going to disregard what I cannot see. Why? Because I'm looking to faith. Why? Because I'm looking to God. I'm not looking to doctors. I'm not looking to medicine. I'm not looking to science. I'm not looking to technology. I'm looking to El Shaddai, who is God Almighty. And I'm not worried about my limitations. And I'm not worried about what my body may or what it may not be able to do. I'm focused on God alone. Why? Because he can change my circumstance. And he can sustain me through the circumstance. Do you understand what I'm saying? His faith did not weaken. You want your faith to weaken? Then look at your circumstance. You want your faith to weaken? Then look around at how what the things that's out of your control, the things that you cannot fix, the things that you can't control. That will weaken your faith. But when you look to God, your faith will strengthen. And some of you are discouraged today. You're dragging yourself in here today. Some of you, you're unable to pray right now because you feel so weak. I'll tell you why you're weak. Because all you see is your circumstance. And you need to look beyond that. And you need to look to El Shaddai, the God who is almighty, amen. amen. And he's able to help. He's not limited. He's not powerless. He's not weak. He's God almighty. And he's able to help. Now, notice what else, what else he said. This is so strong to me. Notice what else he says. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Now, this strikes me. I feel as though the Lord has a word to speak to someone today concerning this. Abraham had to believe God when his wife didn't. Abraham had to have faith when his wife didn't. There's some of you in a circumstance right now where you believe God, but your spouse doesn't. You're holding to God, but your spouse isn't. You're looking to the Lord, but your spouse isn't. You're you're trusting in God, but your spouse does not. Uh, Listen, take courage today because Abraham had enough faith for both of them. You remember what happened? When the angel of the Lord told Abraham, you're going to have a son, we already talked about it. You remember what Sarah did? She laughed out loud. That was the first LOL. <laughs> she laughed out loud. She didn't believe God. As a matter of fact, she so did not believe God that she stirred the pot and got him in trouble with Hagar and Ishmael. And then when God did give them Ishmael, she got so mad over it, she kicked him out of the home. Sarah was a mess. But Abraham believed God. Sometimes your spouse may not be where you are spiritually. Sometimes your spouse may not be where you are in your faith. But don't let that discourage you. You keep believing God for the both of you. Amen? Amen. So when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, notice what it says next. Oh, I love this. No distrust caused him to waver concerning the promise of God. Oh, I want that as my testimony. No distrust caused him to waver concerning the promise of God. 25 years he waited. 25 years he wondered. 25 years he believed God. Listen to what George Mueller said. Now, think of it. No distrust caused him to waver concerning the promise, singular, of God. George Mueller said it so well. Abraham had but only one promise from God, and he believed God. You and I have thousands of promises in the Word of God. How much more should you and I have faith? See, you and I look at Abraham and we marvel and we go, oh my, what faith Abraham had. But he had only but one promise and yet he believed. You and I have thousands of promises. How much more should you and I believe? You and I have the promise. See, Abraham didn't know this. You and I know this. We know that every promise of God is yes and amen through Jesus Christ. Abraham didn't know that, yet you and I know that. You and I have thousands of promises in the word of God. How much stronger should our faith be than that of Abraham? You understand what I'm saying today? No distrust caused him to waver from the promise of God. Oh, I love that. Let me tell you, I want to take the word of God because how do you grow in faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to take the word of God and I want to take whatever doubt, whatever unbelief, whatever distrust there is in my flesh, human heart that's marred with humanity, marred with sin. And I want to take the word of God and I want to pound it and I want to pound it and I want to pound it until I shatter all unbelief. I want to trust God. I want to believe that he is who he says he is. I want to know the God of the Bible, not the God I make up in my mind or the God I grew up in in whatever tradition I grew up in. I want to know the God of the Bible. And if I'm going to know the God of the Bible, here's what the God of the Bible tells me. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I need faith. You need faith. Romans teaches apart from faith. Whatever is done apart from faith is sin. I want to grow in faith. And this chapter teaches me how. So in the presence of God, you can't live outside the presence of God. You do, you'll get in trouble. I want to live in the presence of El Shaddai. I want to know who he is. I want to trust who he is. I want to take hold of the promise of God. I want to I don't even want to consider my own body or my own limitations or my own frailty. And as I live in the presence of God and I take hold of the promise of God, I want my faith to increase, not weaken. And as I understand these principles, watch what happens next. <coughs> what, what verse am I in? Where did I stop? Sorry. Uh, what, what did it say though? Ah, no distrust caused him. No unbelief caused him to waver concerning the promise of God. But what did he do? He grew strong in his faith. Again, do you see that? You're either going to grow stronger or you're going to grow weaker. There is no in-between. As he grew strong in his faith. (laughs) Now watch this. What what, what did he do as he grew strong in his faith? Giving glory to God. Now let me share with you, and I'm sorry I, I, I say so many Sundays I talk about my difficulty with vision loss, but Let me just show you what God's teaching me out of this text. If I'm going to grow strong in my faith, there's only one way I can grow strong in my faith. That is as I learn to live to the glory of God. Now this is a very important principle. Abraham grew strong in his faith because he gave glory to God. Those two are inseparable, okay? They're tied so closely together. So let me tell you what's happening with me. So, you know, when I completely lost vision in October, my life changed overnight. I mean, overnight, I stopped driving. I can't read, which I read ferociously. I can't use a computer, which I spent most of my life on a computer. And my life changed overnight. Well, what would happen is, you know, I'm trying to walk this thing out and I'm trying to trust God and what would happen is I would have a bad day, a day of frustrations, perhaps even anger. And then I would, I would do pretty good. I'd get over it and then I'd have two, three, four good days. Then I'd have another bad day. And then I'd overcome it and I'd have two, three, four good days and then another bad day. And the smallest things would set me off. Knocking over a drink. You have no idea how many drinks I've knocked over. Oh, it makes me so angry when I knock over a drink. There was one day, I remember it so clearly, I walked to the mailbox. Our mailbox is attached to the building in front of my office. And I was walking to the mailbox. I got the mail. I mean, I can't see the mail, but I got the mail. And, uh, and my vision just felt like it was a little bit better. And, and I was like, you know, I, I got this. I got this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can do this. And, and my car is a white Buick. So, I mean, it's like... It's bright white, right? And uh, Sadie was in the car, and the kids were all in there, and I was just going to the mailbox, and I was going to jump in the car. And and going to the mailbox, I felt like I could see a little bit better. And, you know, instead of holding on to the building and, and, you know, going very slowly, I, I just felt confident, right? And so I began to walk like I always walked and always walked fast. I talked fast. I drove fast. I thought fast. I wrote fast. I did everything fast. And I just... I built up a little bit of confidence, and wouldn't you know, I walked smack into the back of that car. Oh, it made me mad. Oh, Lord. One day, Hudson got hurt, and Sadie was holding him, and I went to rub the back of his head to console him. I ended up rubbing the front of her face. Lord, I got mad. And little things like that would just ruin my day. I'd be mad for the whole day. I'd just be mad, It's mad. Well, as I'm walking this process, let me tell you what God's helping me with. Those days of frustration have turned into little moments of frustration. Now they're fleeting, fleeting moments. I'm trying to turn moments of frustration into no frustrations. And let me tell you how I'm beginning to learn it. The Lord spoke to me it has been weeks ago, but the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said, "Chad, I'm being glorified in your affliction." And the Lord said, "If I am so glorified in the affliction, how much more so will I be glorified' in the healing. Well, as I begin to understand more, God is glorified in this moment of my life, in this season of my life. So now what I'm doing is, if I knock over a drink, oh, it'd it'd make me mad. But I'll stop and I'll say, God, if that was to your glory, then so be it. If I bump into something, Or I'll walk into a door, or walk into a wall, or walk into a chair. For a moment, I'll stop and I'll say, God, I'll do it if it glorifies you. It's fine. It's fine. You're the potter, I'm the clay. Whatever you desire. And what I'm learning is if I want to grow stronger, In my faith right now today, not later when God does the miracle, I mean right now today, if I want to grow stronger, I have to give glory to God. And it's becoming a beautiful season. People have asked me and Sadie, they said, do you think God's gonna heal your eyes during the healing service? I don't know, that's not for me to know. And some have even asked how disappointed will you be if God doesn't open your eyes on that day? Let me just be real honest with you. I won't be disappointed at all. Sadie and I were talking about this Friday night, and I was actually stunned that she and I were in such total agreement. And this is what, what she said, and, and, and I agree 100%. We said, listen, honestly, we're in no hurry for God to open my eyes. No hurry. No hurry. And it's only by the grace of God that I can say that. And you know why we're not in a hurry? Because what God's doing in our life right now, what God's doing in our marriage, what God's doing in our family, what God's doing in the preaching, what God's doing in our praying, what God's doing in our church right now is absolutely beautiful. And I say, let the full work be complete. Amen. And when God, when El Shaddai, when God Almighty says, it's enough, it'll be enough. But until then, I'm quite content. I'm learning how to grow stronger by giving glory to God. Do you give glory to God for the things in your life that you can't control, that you can't fix? Do you give glory to God for the circumstance you're in right now? Don't give glory for after God has done whatever God's going to do, give glory to God in the midst of it. Now, lastly, notice what he says. We are to grow stronger in our faith, not weaker. How do you do that? You disregard what you see. You disregard your circumstance. You disregard your situation. And you put your eyes on El Shaddai, God Almighty. You grow stronger in your faith. So if you're not going to grow weaker, you're going to grow stronger in your faith by giving all glory to God. And as you give glory to God, you find out, see, God has the ability to change our situation, but what God really wants to change is us. And as you give glory to God, you find the more change that happens within you. Can you say amen to that? But there's another key to this, and I don't want us to miss it. Not only did he believe in the God in whom he worshipped. That's what set the stage. Not only did he hope and believe against all hope. Not only did he not weaken in faith when he considered his own body or even the barrenness of Sarah's womb. Not only did he believe God to the point where no unbelief caused him to waver. And remember, in all of this grand faith, you and I should have stronger faith. Not only did we have all of this, not only did he grow stronger in faith because he gave glory to God, notice what happened. Fully convinced. Oh, oh. fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. You want to come into a place of faith? That's the key right there. Fully convinced. I am well aware that there are people watching my life who think I'm a little bit crazy. But let me tell you, friend, I'm simply convinced. I'm convinced that God is able. I'm not convinced that God's going to heal my eyes based on my prayer life because my prayers can falter. I'm not convinced that God's going to heal me based upon Uh, you know, the strength of our church because we're not strong within ourselves. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. We can do nothing apart from him. Do you know where my confidence is found? In the fact that God can do whatever God wants to do. My confidence is in the fact that God is able. Say God is able. God is able to do whatever he wants to do and he'll keep his promise. He'll keep his promise. He will keep his promise. So I'm not worried what the future holds. I'm not worried about my condition. I'm not worried about my limits or my disabilities. No, I am fully convinced that he is El Shaddai, God Almighty. And I am fully convinced that whether God heals me now, whether God heals me Way down the road, here's what I'm fully convinced of. God's doing his perfect work in me and I praise him for it. Amen. Are you fully convinced that God is able to do what he's promised you? Are you fully convinced that the God in whom we believe and the God in whom we worship and the God to whom we belong is more than able, more than capable to take care of you and to take care of your needs? Friends, that's the God of the Bible. And that's the God that I want to see you follow and walk in. So he says, fully convinced that God is able to do what he has promised. And then notice what he said last, verse 22. This is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. God pays attention to that kind of faith. Let's bow our heads today. I don't know where you struggle, but I know we all struggle. I don't know where you doubt, but I know we all doubt at some place, at some level. I don't know where you are, but I know this. God can help you today exactly where you are. Some would say, well, if God would appear to me, he has appeared to you in his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Titus says, the grace of God has appeared to every man. God has appeared to you. He's right there in Romans chapter four. Will you see it? What do you need to have faith for that you don't have faith for right now? What do you need to trust God that it's holding you back? Your distrust is holding you back, your unbelief. I don't know where you are today. If you're here and you say, Chad, I need to come and pray because I want my faith to explode. I want my faith to grow. Now remember, your faith isn't in faith. Your faith isn't in yourself. Your faith isn't in your prayers or your own abilities or your own strength. Your faith better not be in me. It better not be in this church. Because we have clay feet too. Your faith needs to be in El Shaddai. God Almighty. Perhaps you're here today and you say, Chad, my faith was weakened. I can pinpoint, I can go back to when my faith was weakened. Someone weakened my faith. A circumstance weakened my faith. Someone said something about me. They gossiped about me. Their words were sharp and it weakened me. Give that over to God today. Perhaps you're here today and you say, Chad, my spouse isn't where I am and I'm struggling with that. Well, go to God. You may be here and you say, Chad, I am the spouse. That I don't believe God the way my husband does, the way my wife does. I don't trust God the way that my spouse does, and I feel convicted, and I need to pray. Then come pray. Maybe you're here today, and you say, Chad, I've just I don't see God the way I should see Him. He's not the God of the Bible to me. Uh, you know, maybe you grew up in church or you grew up in Sunday school, but it's like the stories never grew up with you. Listen, my friend, go back to the God of the Bible. Maybe you're here today and you say, Chad, I just don't see God as all powerful. I don't see Him as as limitless like you're talking about, but I want to. Then come pray. Come pray. Let God work in your life. Let God work in your heart. Let God grow your faith. Maybe you say, Chad, I'm just, I'm weak. I'm weaker than what I want to be. Then come pray and grow. Grow in faith, get stronger. Lord, thank you so much for your word, Lord. Thank you for the ability to work deeply within our lives. Thank you that you are El Shaddai. You're more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. You're almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. You are El Shaddai. Father, I pray for every person listening today, those listening online, those watching online, those in the building today. God, increase our faith. Increase our faith as never before. Faith is the currency of heaven. And God, I want to grow in faith. Increase it, Lord. Lord, we're buying these all of these extra chairs because we're believing you're going to increase the congregation. But God, before you increase the congregation, increase our faith, Lord. Increase our faith. Increase our praying. Let us grow in faith. Help us to please you. Lord, I'm very aware that there are people who are really questioning this healing service. They're saying, was that going too far? Is that too much? Lord, increase their faith. Increase their faith, Lord. How can we not trust you? Not when there are thousands of promises of God. Abraham trusted only but one, and yet we trust in thousands. Grow our faith. Grow our faith, Jesus. Grow our faith. Grow our faith. Lord, I pray for those with struggling marriages today. Those who one spouse is strong and the other spouse is weak. God, shore those marriages up. Help them, God. Move in their marriage. Move in their home. Move in their family, God. I pray that marriages that never prayed together would begin praying together. Families, husbands, wives, children, families that never prayed together, they would begin praying together and that God would work in their family. God would work in their home. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us. Help us, Lord. God, we thank you right now for the miracles you're going to do on March 31. We thank you, God, for the miracles that you're going to do Lord, I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, Lord, I'm not worried about my miracle. It's going to come whenever you deem it to God. I'm not, Lord, I want to see you move in people's lives, God. We thank you for what you're going to do on that day. And like Abraham, we'll give all glory to God. Help us, Lord, on that day in the aftermath, whatever you choose to do, whatever it is. Help us to bow our head like a reed, and to humble ourselves. And say, we can do nothing apart from the vine. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's all you, your work, your glory, your fame, your power, your miracles. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Help us to grow in faith, Lord. So, just like Abraham, and even more so, may I ask, even more so, help us that in the presence of the God in whom we believe, The God who gives life to the dead. The God who speaks into existence those things that do not exist. The God who told Abraham, you will be a father of many nations. And so shall your offspring be. Just like Abraham, may we not weaken in faith when we consider our circumstances. Or in my case, as I consider my body. But God, may we grow strong in our faith may we grow strong giving glory to god fully convinced that you are able to do that which you have promised and may our faith be counted to us as the righteousness of jesus christ with which he makes us righteous thank you lord thank you lord thank you that according to first peter We have equal standing with all of those of the faith, especially the apostles, because of the righteousness that Jesus clothes us in. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you that you hear our prayers. How discouraging prayer would be if you didn't hear us, Lord. How futile prayer would be if you didn't have the power to answer how foolish we would be to gather ourselves and pray if you were limited. But you're not limited. You're not powerless. You're kind, and yet you're powerful. You're beautiful, and yet you're strong. You're gracious, and you're good. And you're ready to help us. Thank you. May that be the God of the Bible that we learn and that we worship. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.